episode six of the Stable Hands podcast. I'm Eclectic Tech, and I'm really glad that you're here today. This week, absolute banger of a conversation with Mike from Moonshot Ranch. Mike's energy and passion for the game is such an infectious thing, and I just loved having this conversation with him. Mike talks us through how he got into his stable and a bunch of other things related to Zed, but mostly, this is just two guys chatting about Zed. I hope you enjoy it, and without any further ado, let's get right in. Well, welcome back to the show, and it's great to have Mike from Moonshot Ranch Stables. Mike, how you doing, mate? Thanks for helping me out. Adam, I'm doing real well. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Happy to help you out. I've loved what you've done so far with the first three. It's been a long time since a, a Zed podcast has been on there, so I'm happy to be part of it. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I started this um, because of the the Z Run podcast. I used to I was a listener back when I first started, and when it went dead, I was like, "Oh, hang on, this is a format that I really like." So, um, just doing something that I would like to listen to. So that's the only strategy I, I, behind it. Yeah, I reached out. Sorry to cut you off. I reached out uh, because I'm in the same camp. I. I take the dog out every morning for about an hour after I get all my kids to school and um, podcast is normally my preferred, you know, listening and a Zed, you know, sprinkling in some different stuff. A Zed one was uh, long overdue. So awesome. Yeah, right. nice. Uh, you're right, mate. Yeah, I, I appreciate the, the kind words. I really do. Um, but let's just dive straight in, mate. Uh, Moonshot Ranch. So tell us about your stable. Um, when did you get into Zed and, and how long have you been playing in, in the game? So I'm fairly uh, quiet with respect to, uh, you know, social and being in other streams. I'm a bit afraid of Discord. So I'm a bit of an unknown, I think, but I've been around since like April of 21. So I was here for those first few failed drops and have kind of oh, just wow. been plugging, yeah, plugging away ever since. Um, how did I get into Zed? Well, just through a host of um, different things, starting with probably baseball cards. Once the uh, pandemic hit, we were home and I got heavy back into sports cards and started looking on Twitter and seeing you know different information, different characters on there. And next thing you know, I'm an NBA top shot. And I feel like a lot of those guys uh, and gals were, were moving over and talking about Zed and NFTs. And this, the first time I saw Zed, I was just hook, line, and sinker. I loved it. And um, I, again, you know, failing on drop after drop, I was pretty hesitant at the time to spend that kind of dough on a, on a digital horse. And I was fortunate enough to have a couple people give me horses early on. So our first two horses were given to me. thought that was an amazing thing, really neat about the community at the time. And um, the rest is history. I My first horse that I purchased was from that last drop that they had. I way overpaid for a Z5 and she turned out to be glue, but I still have her and I'll never give her up. And uh, just kind of the name of that horse. Her her name is Mini Bubbles. Uh, I'll tell you a quick, uh, my brother, I had been telling him about it over and over. I said, hey, you got to get into this with me. It's amazing. And so I got him all queued up. We went through the whole process of and, and I don't recall, when did you get in? Were you at the time of where it was just a blind leap of faith to shoot Weath back and forth between MetaMask and Zed and all that good stuff? Yeah, I came in um, October 21 okay, and paid ridiculous amounts of money for <laughs> Zed7, Zed6, Knackers, mm-hmm. um, which if I could get 10% of that now for some of those horses, I'd be doing backflips. Yeah, I can tell you all the the horses I've wasted money on. Mine are probably even worse. At least you were buying Knox. I was buying, you know, I've got some Buterin legendary buttes that I bought for like an ETH back in the days of noise. And I, I would see a, a a 3D replay of a of a race and saw a horse just absolutely pop. And I've never seen a horse this fast and I got to buy it. And it turned out to be just kind of a stinker. Yeah. At any rate, I get my brother into this drop. And I, mind you, I haven't gotten a horse yet. I've been striking out. And he ends up getting one right away. He got a Z7 and I was excited for him. But at the same time, I was just like, what on earth? How am I not able to get one? And you just got one. And uh, so I just was clicking and I was going to get whatever I could. I was determined to buy a horse. And so I ended up with that Z5. (laughs) 
And your your Z5, have you unwrapped it again in the new racing matter at all? I I have. I haven't raced her much. She ended up in class two. And so it's just... She was kind of stuck forever. I've bred with her a bunch. She's a pretty good pity, pity point horse for a while. Um, she's real A-shaped sprinter, uh, but she doesn't have a place right now. But I'm, you know, as we're talking today, they had that new conditional tournament with the, you know, the the lower bands. So I'm hoping that you know this starts to open up and segment more, and there'll be a spot for her because I'd love to, I'd love to kind of have a little glory for her. That'd be wonderful one day if we could figure out how to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, it's um. One of the things that got me incredibly hooked and frankly surprised the crap out of me was just the the level of emotion attached to these digital racehorses. Um, and everyone feels it and it's part of the the fun of the game, I think. Like I've I've got a couple of early horses that are just horrible, but I'll never part with. I'll, I'll never part with. Like the, the second horse I bought um, off Shady actually um was a horse called Tears of Lorona and it is a dog <laughs> it is an absolute donkey it doesn't win a thing i've tried running it again in the new meta nothing happens but it's actually bred um one of my strongest horses so that's you know, part of the fun right is that you know there's just so many all roads lead to rome right there's so many different ways to uh to extract some value and have some fun more importantly out of it. So that's, that's great. I love hearing it that you still have it. I know I'm kind of a hoarder. I don't, I, I used to sell in the days of where you could just breed and run it on the track and test it out. And if it was no good, I could still turn a profit on it. Um, but I really don't sell horses quite frankly. No, neither do I. Um, and it's interesting. I, on an earlier episode, I was speaking to Dan Chan and I like his view of the world, right? Which is, you don't know when this game is going to change. You don't know how it's going to change. So just park them. Especially yeah. today, like cents on the dollar. Like I'm not going to sell a Z7 NARC for 0.001 because that's all I'd get for that horse. Yeah, um, absolutely. Rid of it. So you, again, you talk about your, your stable and the evolution of your stable. So how many have you got in there today oh. and how many are actually running? I was afraid that you'd ask me this question, or I knew you'd ask it to me. So I've listened and I hear everyone when you, you know, you ask this question or you ask people, how many horses do you have? And they say, oh man, I've got too many. I've got, you know, 60 horses or 50 horses. And I just have moments of like, what have I done? Adam, I've got like 450 horses right now between the two stables. Mike showing us how to DJ in properly. (laughs) Well played. Now, mind you, I was uh, I was a buterin guy. I've always been. I just kind of, you know, I was I was scared to. Not, not scared isn't the right word. I was just hesitant to spend a bunch of money on buying the you know Knox and Zabos things of that nature. And I I would think to myself, why don't I just buy a buterin and a share of Apple and just walk step away, Mike, and call it a day and not not get caught chasing this. And and I assumed that a lot sooner than how long it took, we'd be racing against other buterins. And I just thought to myself, hey, I'm not here to turn a pro. I mean, I want to turn a profit, obviously, but I'm here for the fun. I love this thing so much. I had no visions of this becoming some full-time job of mine or anything to that na- you know, effect. And so um, I was going to just, you know, fairly committed to the buterins. And so I just bred most of everything I've bred has been in-house. And that was just kind of where it came from. And it just escalated into into where it is now. And it, and it made it easy with those, you know, I'm 12 and $15 buterins. You know, I would win a race with one of my other horses and then, Hey, okay, let's go breed a horse with that winning. You know, so it was always just dumping it back in and it made it fun picking out names, letting my kids pick horses. They're picking out names, you know, so yeah, nice. it's, uh, it's, it's a bit out of hand, but like you said earlier, is that uh, to Dan Shan's point, and I've always loved Dan Shan's takes, um, you just never know. And a bunch of horses that, had been parked for over a year are doing really well in the new meta and I'm having a ton of fun racing them. And it's just a little bit of kind of, it's definitely gratifying that I hung on to them and now I've got a use for them. And it just, just kind of cements the idea that, yeah, okay, good. You didn't, you weren't just turning and burning and letting things go. You ha- you hung on to them. I've got a little bit of story. There's background to them and uh, it just makes it all the more enjoyable. I think. Yeah, it does. And, you know, as everyone keeps talking about an eventual marketing push and 
you know, I, I'm always super keen on when does the game go from beta to, to version one? Um, what does that look like with onboarding? Um, and my, I don't know, as I said, I think I said in the other episode, I've got like 80-something horses in my main stable. 79 and a half of them are absolute rubbish at the moment. Um, do they get some value when there's when there's lots of players? Um, and there's lots of races and you're not sort of always racing against such strong fields. Uh, I, I think they do. Um, my money's where my mouth is, so to speak. Yeah, obviously, likewise with the way that I've kind of built things. And But I, but I agree with you. And I think also kind of one thing I've thought about is that if we do get a big or when we do, because I, you know, I'm bullish as ever. I probably too much so to a certain extent, but it's just, it's an amazing, amazing game. And I don't think there's anything that really compares. And so my thought is that eventually I would love nothing more than to just give horses away um, to folks, you know, to my buds, to, to people like that, anybody that's coming on doing giveaways, just to kind of it's it feel rewarding. That's how I got my first two horses, like I told you. And I'd love to be able to do that at a little bit of scale when we do have new users. And there is some use for every horse, quote unquote, as opposed to you know, throwing people my glue and saying, have fun, you know, but I'm yeah. going to give people 10% winners. I've got tons of them that just sit in there and they can't win paids, but they can certainly do free things. And uh, so when that day comes, it's going to be great. It's really interesting. You touch on, I think the power of this game, um, which is the community, like in the recent weeks uh, after the changes in particular, there's been just so much activity in the community um, the custom tournaments that are coming out, like the the McGuinness Racing um, draft, which at the time of this recording hasn't been run yet, but clearly I'm going to win it. Um, boy, out of boy. I've I've never fantasy drafted anything in my life. So <laughs> if you're in Pool A or you were in Pool A, you you probably had a pretty easy um, pretty easy knock on from me. Um, but like that community aspect and like the idea of people reaching out and you see all these things where people are doing giveaways, you see people like Royd Rager refunding someone's entry fee who missed, you know, you know, a $500 race or something ridiculous like that the other week. Um, so it's good to see um, in the community. Do you think that that is the strength of the game? And, and are you seeing a lot more, you know, momentum in the community side? Yeah, definitely. I think there, that is a huge piece of the game and and the strength right is that there are just so many folks that are just that much that engaged in it and willing to share willing to bounce ideas back and forth i have you know admittedly not been a huge part of it for the most part i'm like a twitter lurker i just kind of go there to get some information and i go about go about my day um i'm extremely busy with uh with my kids and all this good stuff i have my own business outside of this like a legitimate business that i've been running for a long time um, so it's hard for me to spend a lot of time in there. I've always kind of regretted it, but I think a lot of it because I was, you know, I didn't have any great horses. I, they, a lot of buterins. I almost felt like who wants to, to listen to me? Everyone wants to talk about all the Z ones we hear about and these huge stables and these huge prize pools. And I'm just here with $12 buttes, just having fun naming them and doing that. So I kind of, I think was a bit timid on what do I know about it? But and now that, you know, we're this far, you know, a couple of years down the road almost and with the new meta, like things have started to shift where there is opportunity. You know, my stable's done really well since we've started to to do this and uh, the, the new racing that is. And so it's good. So so it is. I, I look forward to being more involved in the community um, and I don't think that's going away. And it, but but it is nice, like Roy Rager, folks like that who have obviously had a ton of success and you know, maybe been printing some money at, at certain points, you know, and I, and I handed over a lot to it. It's nice to, uh, it's nice, it's nice to see that. I mean, it's important, you know, that, that, Hey, we're part of it. We're in here with you. We're not just trying to extract, extract, extract. So w w without a doubt. And just on, on your point about like being active in the community and stuff. And one of the things that I kind of want to get out to, to everyone, the purpose of this podcast is, you know, it's great talking to to Dan Shan and to Avon and those guys, um, but I really want to talk to to people like you, people like me, people who aren't running the monsters in the game. Just, I just have this feeling that there's so many of us out there that, you know, work normal jobs, raise our kids, and just love Zed on the side. Um, and I kind of want to try and give um, that voice a bit of airtime as well. 
um, just to make everyone, it's like if you are listening and you are just someone who's just running even a dozen horses, um, come on the pod. I'm, I'm keen to talk. I'm keen to hear everyone's everyone's story and what they love about the game. So, I, I You and I seem to be lockstep here uh, so far. I think that's why I reached out to you. I, I, and I, I think I might even said, hey, I might be able to give a little bit of a different you know, perspective than the usual suspects. And I, I would suspect that you're right, that there's probably a, more than we think of, of folks just like us. And I think our egos probably get in the way sometimes of, of being in there and talking and actually feeling like part of it. Uh, so it's nice that, uh, that you're doing that, I think is great. It's nice that maybe we're starting to have a little bit of, of our time to you know, have a little bit of uh, shine as well, I suppose, for lack of yeah, better yeah. words. Yeah, yeah he, he's to the losers. <laughs> yeah, here, here's to us low rent folks finally having a little bit of our day. And as soon as we do, all I see is all of the everyone complaining how their Nakamoto's have been devalued and this is a terrible game. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I, I've been handing money to you guys for a year and a half and I get 30 seconds of glory and you're going to rip it from me? Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a challenging problem that Zed are trying to to deal with here um and I think we can all see both sides of the story right like when I started there were people spending six figures on Z1 Nuts, right I mean it's a ridiculous amount of money um so I understand when people are like hey we've we've made an investment here and we want to extract the return on that investment and that's a fair statement but also there's so many more of people like myself, people like yourself, that all I'm doing is trying to scrape minimum breed fees out to to try and get something that's decent that maybe can let me start, you know, climbing up that ladder a bit more. And Zed's got to try and find a home for everyone um, from from their platform perspective. So if we think about, I guess, the latest iteration in this, and this is clearly what you know the the racing 2.0 is all about, has has those changes have they changed your strategy probably a better question is how have they changed your strategy towards racing um in the last sort of six to eight weeks i think my strategy so i have long been uh high base ability low race discipline uh, okay. In that, if you look at my arc, if you go to like, know your horses and look at my stables profit history, I mean, I was just straight down about two and a half ETH almost down. I would never down class. I didn't care. I would go up against the Marajo, you name it. I would just throw ponies in. I would go to bed at night and just load as many horses as I could into paid. And it didn't really matter to me. Um, that was, and, and I think, you know, back to your hundred thousand dollar horses. I mean, that was, NFTs were just out of control. I mean, if you were in Board Ape or anything, you were just, you know, sort of printing ETH and you just had money to burn. And I, I had a little bit of success with some of that stuff. And so it just kind of made it easy where, hey, this is a great game. I'm here to have some fun to learn, quote unquote, learn. And uh, and I did that. And so I've always just been heavy race volume. Uh, I'm by a computer for my job and I would just always have Zed up and, and racing, racing, racing. And so my strategy really hasn't changed much, just that I used, I've, you know, like I said, I wouldn't downclass probably the first six months. I just didn't want to do it. I, I said, I don't want to race to lose. I just want to win, whatever. And that was a huge mistake because once I started downclassing, I started actually making some money. I was racing horses that were more, you know, yeah. that I had a chance to actually beat. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now I still race a ton. I, I probably race a bunch of horses that I shouldn't be racing, especially with this new meta, throwing things away. Um, but it is more like where I'm, you know, singling out a bunch of horses, kind of having a little bit better plan in terms of how I'm racing in this day, as opposed to before I would just, if I had them, they were racing. That was it. You got them, race them. That was kind of my philosophy I, early on. The the statement of low race discipline that, like, <laughs> that just hits so close to home. Um, I've done so many crazy things, um, thrown thrown horses against billions just see how this goes knowing full well how it's gonna go oh absolutely but that that you know i've taken out like um y2k or you know a handful of times things like that which you get that one win that one roll where you get it that's that's enough dopamine to to flush out any loss of eth and i feel great about it and i go tell everybody in the house and they don't 
they don't care because they're like, you're always talking about this nonsense. They don't realize how exciting it is, but they see, they know I'm happy. And so, yeah, same. I'm, if I see a good horse in there, I'm typically, I'm going to take a crack at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it does, it does add a lot of fun. Um, so you getting back to your racing strategy then, like, are you running in any particular class? Are you, have you got any C1 horses or are you kind of, I have three of my horses ended up in C1. Um, one of them is a Z2 that uh, legendary that uh, was was solid and free. It's, it really can't compete in the lower band right now. I actually ran him in the in the last twenty four hours here, and he didn't didn't qualify. But uh, the the short answer, Adam, is I don't have any C one. I have one C one Buterin named Violet Ends. It's a really solid horse. It was actually doing well in the old meta, and then. I kind of just got buried in C1 and couldn't hang. And so now that horse, I haven't ran it, was couldn't compete in the new meta and the paid. But all of a sudden, the last 24 hours, I think it qualified like 30th in the C1 for this little flash tournament. And so that's exciting. I get that horse back in the mix. But I've got a lot of C2. Um, but C3, C4, C5 is kind of where I've really been spending most of my time lately. And I've got, I've got some solid horses in there. I've got some really solid top-of-class uh, C3s that have done real well. And so that's kind of where I'm at, you know, just further hammering home that low rent. Uh, hey, I'm completely content down here. And, yep. you know, I think that it's been really fair the way Zed's done prize distribution on those. I think uh, I'm pleasantly surprised that there actually is some opportunity to make some, to make a little bit of money on there and kind of fuel the, uh, fuel the hobby, fuel the fun. Yeah. And it's interesting just what that little bit of money does for you like um i've had in the old meta very very little success virtually no tournament success um in the new meta i think i've now i think i've made four semi-finals since december um with probably maybe six different horses so there's like all these opportunities popped out that i'm like hey this is interesting now like um a couple of my variance horses, anyway, variance man, live and die. I, I was, I had all my best horses were variants. I'm a variant stable, and so I'm. Yeah, that's why I think just like you. That's why I've done well here in in the new world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had three semifinal wins, like where I'm like you, beauty, like flamed wins, and yeah. then they flame in the final as well and run twelfth. Oh yeah, every oh, time, yeah. every time. I know um, it is so hard to pull, pull off. Yes, it's hard to pull off those back to back with our variance horses. Yeah, yeah, I'm close. I had uh, I had one in the C4 um, this morning, where it went flame first, flame first, flame twelfth, flame twelfth, flame seventh, <laughs> and it didn't qualify. That's <laughs> wild. What? Yeah. Anyway, we we live and die by them. So I I don't know about you, but like I'm, and I've spoken about this a lot on on the pod. Um, I just think I'm I'm going variance the whole way with the stable, like for the future of the stable in in my stable. I, I see that's where it is. Um, given that you know we can train a horse now and and add BA, which I think is an excellent addition to the game. But are you seeing in any of your horses like observable changes in in their speeds as they level up? Have you have you done enough leveling yet to? I I haven't seen anything and I've leveled up, you know, my variance ones, I'm going hard. I've got a C5 legendary named Il Nastro and uh, it's a 99 variance. I mean, it's one of the top 20 variants. I mean, last I looked, Buttes in the game, uh, bred Buttes. And I mean, that horse is, I think I level 150 right now. And so I think about that horse and I mean, that's a the, the time <laughs> to, to get mm. to where it eventually might be. It's just an absolute destroyer. Who knows? But that's something where it's like I will just keep running that horse over and over because if I can get some more consistent speed out of it, that horse is going to be a, it's going to be a monster. Uh, and my I've got a couple of C3s, high variance, and interestingly, and this is just all probably anecdotal, but in the last few days they have they've gone from just being winning, winning, winning to I can't buy a win with these two horses. And one of them is a 400, already maxed Evo, and the other is like a 397, and they're just like all of a sudden they can't win and and, you know, you go on Twitter and you look at who's nerfing horses. And I just think to myself, it's just, I'm just Kunda, getting bad Kunda rolls. And that's what it is. No one has nerfed my horses. I just have an unlucky run here as it goes. And so 
but yes, I mean, I, I fully believe too, and I'm willing to commit a bunch of time to trying to level those horses up. I think what I've kind of failed in this because of the, just the amount of horses that I have, I just don't have the bandwidth to be able to run them all. I'm also mm. not particular. I'm more of a uh, fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. I'm not like all process, have all the plan. And so I'm just kind of going on a whim, throwing horses in. And I've, I've kind of neglected free racing this entire time once the meta changed. And I'm like, I really should be putting horses in freeze just to get some XP. I mean, I just put the filter on paid only and that's it. And I'll just put horses in paid. Um, so I need to kind of step back from the momentum, I suppose, at some point here and retool some things and get a plan in place. You know, that said, though, things change so quick and so fast that, you know, I've done a bunch of things where you're heading in one direction and then you've got to quickly pivot because there's just there's no there's no finish line if I keep going that same way. Yeah, it's interesting. The the challenge of leveling up a horse. I'm curious to think, like, get your take on how long do you think a horse's career is when you take into account, like, especially in the buterans, how long it takes to level up. I've got like a, I think it's like a level 465 that's got something like 17,000 XP to get to its next level. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of free races. <laughs> Just That's a lot of races that, yeah, I think that we probably look back at, at ourselves and just like, my goodness, what could you have done with that time, Mike, as opposed to doing that? <laughs> um, I think that definitely, I hope that there are opportunities and we've you know been hearing about it to um, share XP, you know, with other horses. So some of my horses that I do want to run, I can take some of that XP and shoot it over to some other ones. I can bank it, so to speak, for the stable or XP tournaments where, you know, you have a chance to get a windfall of like 50,000 XP or and maybe they cap as to how much you can put per mm. each horse, like maximums. But some things like that where it's not just purely predicated on you racing to earn that XP. And I think when we got the Z token, you know, that was awarded to us uh, based on all of our activity within Z, not only how much we were racing, but how much we were breeding, covers, on and on and on. And so I would hope there's some sort of you know, mechanism or something where we can earn some XP in different ways. And it's not just purely based on racing. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. That's a good thought. Um, getting like, it's curious though, to think of what is your lifespan of a horse? Like when I'm breeding a horse, how long should I be thinking of? Because, you know, in, in racing one, you ran at 10 races and you're like, okay, no flames, whatever. This is glue and just Done. put it on the pile. What now, like what, what sort of time frame do you take on those horses? More to the point, how do you determine which horse is worth leveling up? Like, cause I mean, particularly in your stable, I'm sure you don't have enough time to, to level up 450 horses, but, um, how do you, how do you determine which one's the one you invest in? I think, you know, the part of the beauty going back to the community piece of things is that so many of the players have built, you know, tools to kind of help um, extract some of that data and give you at least point you in the right direction on where you're going to go. So I've, I've used them all throughout, uh, my time in Zed and just kind of rely, relying, I guess, on those to try to give me again, just a little bit of orient my sail toward where we're going to go. Like, what, what are we going to do? Is this horse going to be worth it? Um, to uh, roundabout, to get back to your question on lifespan. I mean, geez, I don't know. You know, I, when I look at the horses that are, you know, the, the best horses in the game, like, I don't want that horse to just be there forever. I don't want to race the same. If I get there, I don't want to have to race that horse every day forever because it's going to be there. Um, I don't know how retirement works. I don't know how you're compensated to lose your horse. You know, in real life horse racing, you go get ridiculous stud fees, you know, but there's presumably you're, you're paying and there's no promises, but you know, the blood's good. Nothing's going to change with the, they're not going to all of a sudden have less ability in that, in that DNA. Um, whereas right now with us, it, it really is all over the place. You know, right now, yeah, I haven't, I used to always hit my good buterans with Nakamoto's and I just, there's no point in me doing that right now because I'm just throwing money away. And so, I don't know. I think there's just so many moving parts to that lifespan question, but I definitely do want lifespan. I do want 
where you can immortalize some of those horses. Maybe back to our XP conversation a second ago is that maybe when you retire a horse, you get just a, a, a giant bag of XP that you can, you know, disperse throughout the stable. Um, if you choose to do that, you know, you're going to, I'm going to give up the opportunity to keep making money with this horse, but here's my payoff that I can now take five other horses and hopefully get them to that point. That's a very, very, um, insightful comment. I think like the burn mechanism tied to XP, they keep talking about a burn mechanism. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for a burn mechanism, a guy who has 450 horses, like let's, let's (laughs) burn some horses for something. I'll (laughs) let it burn. Yeah, let yeah, it yeah. let it burn. <laughs> Adam, I want to tell you is that you said uh, you've had some success in in the, the new racing meta, and, mm-hmm. and got some got to some semis and this and that. And I mean, I in the old meta, I think at one point I was like two out of seventy getting out of the first round after qualifying. And I mean, I'm tell you, I would just sit there and free race. I mean, hundreds of races, just racing nonstop just for the shot at it. And it'd be so exciting. And I would just be crushed right away and I would never get out and the ebb and flow of it all. You just get down, you know, even as fun as, as I, as much, as much fun as I'm having, as much as I love it, it's real easy just to, to pout and, and feel a bit defeated. And so I'm excited that you're, you're getting that same with me. I mean, I've been for, I've won three finals in my, in my history. Uh, the yeah. conditionals, the 268s and things like that. That's where I really started to hit my stride when we went into those things. Um, but I love it. It just keeps evolving and it's good. We need to have those wins and some successes. Uh, not everyone's going to keep ramming their head into the wall after going, you know, like I said, two or three out of 70. You know, I just, I guess I'm in a fortunate position just with my, uh, you know, with my life, et cetera, et cetera, that I can sit there and do that and and it's okay. But I know that that's not the case for a lot of people and, those users, we want want everyone to have a shot or at least the belief that you have a, a crack at it and a chance to win. Otherwise, you're eventually going to throw in the towel. Some quickly after a, a day, a week, a, a six months, whatever the time frame is, you know. So, so they've got they've got to give us those shots at, at the wins, and I think they're doing a good job of of, of pivoting yeah. and shifting toward that. Yeah, I think the the recent changes and you know the signals and the direction, um, and frankly the commitment. Um, out of the current Z team to making the game better um, is so refreshing. Like you take the the flash tawny that um, that just Quali just finished this morning that, that of this recording. Um, I I think I got three in, but it's not like it used to be where if I'd qualify a horse, I wouldn't even watch the quarterfinals. Right, I'd be like, eh, I'm just going to get smashed. Like just whatever. Um, and I almost did it out of just habit to be racing freeze. Whereas now there's a little more hope, I think. And the whole concept of just the flash tawny and, and things are changing the XP weekend. Um, what do you think looking forward from a tournament viewpoint? Like where do you think Zed should go with more tournaments? Are they on the right track or should they be looking at more things like, you know, Dan Chance madness, those kind of one-on-one type events? I, i think that just a handful of concurrent tournaments is ultimately probably going to be the best where you you don't have let me back up so when there were these daily tournaments my mind frame would be so much okay i've got to try to qualify every day it's like here we go again okay this is a different format here we go these horses work well for this i'm going to try to qualify them you go through the same pattern over and over again and then we got to like uh, a couple weeks ago they had the week-long tournament and I kind of liked that. It sort of saved me from myself you know, where I I could I put in like the early on. I was on vacation that week, the end of the week. We were going skiing in Lake Tahoe. So I said, OK, I've got three days to try to pound this in. I don't want to be looking at my phone. I don't want to try to be looking at cut lines and things like this. I just want to get him in there. And so I raced a bunch for three days and then just kind of didn't even really touch it for a few days. And it, it felt good to be able to like not have Zed calling me in the background saying, Hey Mike, there's a tournament today. You got another crack at it. You need to come back, get over here, buddy. And so that was nice. I liked it. Um, and then there was a three dayer and I didn't do well. So I didn't like that one cause I didn't do well in it in the three day. <laughs> so much of it is that right. If you do good, you like it. If yeah. you don't do good, you don't, but I, I did like the diff. I like mixing it up. I don't, I like the idea of 
the, the flash tournament was great. I didn't know what it was going to be. I was out busy. I came back and looked. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So I quickly go into Haku and filter and find all my horses that fall into those bands. Went over to my breeding stable, shot a couple back over to my racing stable or my main stable and raced them. So I liked that. All of a sudden I had different things to think about and it just, it made, it added a level of fun as opposed to just that everyday grind, yeah. grind, grind. And I think it is hard to, because it is fun. You, you know, I do feel like I always have that little sliver of hope that I always want to race. And so that, that was like my saving me from myself. It was nice that, okay, I don't have to be here every single day doing this. I, it, you know, move back, like I said, step away from the momentum and, uh, and mix it up a little bit. And now that being said, I'm sure that right now I think, and I didn't, I haven't read the details, but we've got that XP weekend tournament deal going that just started. So inherently by you and I having this conversation for however long we talk, we're already going to be behind the eight ball because people are going to be at 20,000 XP ahead of us and we're going to go. So I don't, you know, long winded, but I think that, uh, a nice mix. And I like the variety. I like being surprised as to what we have. They should do all kinds of different bands. And that way we get horses out. It gets horses active. Some people don't have that many horses in this particular, you know, one to 25. And so, you know, you might be able to qualify 10 today or tomorrow, maybe only one. And I'm not going to just see all arbitrage, you know, no offense to arbitrage. They're amazing. But I, you know, you, you think you get what I'm saying is that it's going to be some variety of the stables. I'm seeing a lot of new stable names that I'm racing. Um, so I, I think just a variety. That's a, an interesting point, like getting back to the momentum that appears to be building around the game. Um, just the amount of stables that I'm seeing in Twitter, like, hey, my first tournament win, this is fantastic. And yeah, they're posting class five, class six tournament wins and stuff, but the feeling's the same. A win's a like, win, that's well, right, feeling's the same. I, I guess. I've never oh, won well, a tournament. So yeah, I'm assuming. Grant, yeah, yeah. I, I've never had a giant ETH amount deposited into my account. So I'm sure that feels wonderful as well. But, uh, you know. Yeah. So one of the important things I think that came with that Flash tourney announcement, just kind of reading between the lines, which got me somewhat excited, was the, the line where they were talking about the upgrade that they released to the tournament system. And they were like, we actually did a lot of work in the back end of how we can structure tournaments. And this conditional free tournament being the first, I guess, iteration of that. So I'm kind of really excited to see what else comes out, like and how often we can run or how many in-class conditional tournaments, et cetera, et cetera, get to run. What do you think is, you know, the the perfect mix for, for that do you think it's segmentation do you think it's breed based conditionals combinations how would you how would you sort of pull those leaders i you know i really enjoyed the conditionals i liked when they had those going uh because i've got lots of elites and crosses and pacers and then you could you could breed horses that i wouldn't have bred before and just try different combinations you know mix them up and so I, I enjoyed that. And I, I think or I hope that they get back to that where within the class, you know, hey, class three buterins only. Uh, yep. And so I think, you know, and, and sky's the limit, obviously, right? They can segment forever. Uh, the one the one pause I have on that is it's hard to it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of clicks to to find the races and to get in there or to hope that they filled or to look back and see where you're at. I mean, there's a, you have to really be paying a lot of attention to it. And while I do, I am in committed and inclined to spend a lot of time playing the game. I also would like to split, spend that time a little bit more efficiently. I think what I really liked today about running this flash tournament was that it was a free race. It was like one click, my horse is in and I'm good to go. That's it. Uh, the last few weeks with the UI updates and having to just, click 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 i mean i've got some carpal tunnel going on here oh. in the last couple of weeks yeah yeah look computers are hard right but those those ui bugs was like living in an epileptic fit for a week it was yeah, it was wild. Yes. yeah. but i get it i mean I, I still always tell myself as much as we can complain like they're just i haven't played a bunch of the other games web3 games but it just seemed I don't know anything like this. So it, it, to me, it's like I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt for a long time here in that 
show me something better. I mean, you can complain all you want. Show me something even close to what this is. And I don't, I don't know that there is something. No, agreed. Agreed. I, I'm not in any other Web3 stuff at all. I didn't get in for this to be in Web3, um, Same. whatever that means. Um, exactly. So if anyone knows what is Web3, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> bit of an in-joke there. Um, but I got in. We've got to be careful. We're going to piss off a bunch of our of our friends here because we're dumping on Web3. But uh, I'm same as you. I'm not that deep. I'm not that worried about sounding intelligent about this and that and being decentralized. I, I love horse racing. I, I, I'm a degen. I love sports. I, I love it all. So that, that's it. It's interesting, right? Because the solution, and you're right, like the multiple click, why do I need to sign a contract every time I want to enter a race, right? Um, that seems like over the top for me um, as opposed to if I could sit down and say I want to load $35 into a racing pool and I sign that contract once and then when I'm done I sign the contract again to either write back all my winnings or what's left yeah um, it, it's just that that step, and I, I heard Kingpin talking about this the other day as well, like that step is necessary to get over that, why do I have to click so many times? That one-click entry is where it should be at, even for paids, but that very nature is moving back to centralization. Right? That's moving away from what Web3 is. Right. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where this evolves over time because um, I got into it because it's horse racing. And breeding, and it's more than Same. anything else. It's it's breeding that interested me. It's like, Same. oh wow, you can actually breed these things and and try and try and make a guess at being better. At, you know, the next person at doing that, um, which I think the the death of the breeding one algorithm was a good thing in that regard. Like everyone was just trying to pull lotto tickets, and with mixed success, um, I got close once. And I still got that horse. It's kind of cool, but um, the breeding three, I think, is again just that next step in the right direction. I mean, when Facundo talks about just constantly pumping BA into two sixty eights, he's like, "That's not sustainable. That'll devalue your Z ones faster than anything." Cause yeah, you'll end up with these five dollar buterin paces that are monsters. Um, yeah, that, that's where that was going to end, right? So Absolutely. I agree with him. I agree with him. Um, what he was saying there but now the idea of trying to actually breed this is the thing that got me into the game so how do you go about planning your next breed or is it a bit more do you more just pull the trigger and shoot or do you try and get a little more strategic no i mean again i'm using the tools and i will really just before it was yes yeah, i'm trying to breed some variants in and mix some ba with my variants and cross my fingers and hope that I get, I get a good role. Um, now, definitely a, a lot more thoughtful. Um, I, I have a handful of studs that just typically pro have produced pretty well over if, since in both breeding algorithms. I mean, um, mm -hmm. but, but I am. I'm trying to, um, you know, I'm hitting the same combo a couple of different times, seeing how, how they vary, how are they coming out. And just constantly just mixing the potion and and seeing what the result will be. Um, but again, I mean, that goes back to those third-party tools. They really do, you know, I, I'm fairly reliant upon them um, in, I'm going to trust the data on those and see what we see what comes out on the other side of it. And But on that same thing, I'll also breed just a couple of horses that I like or names that I like. And as long as they're fairly matched in terms of like a, a, a funnel, um, I'll breed them together just so I can make another horse with a, a name that might ring a bell with those two. Or I've got uh, my wife loves to always talk about giving two stars on Yelp. It's like a long time running joke. Like we're at a restaurant and it's bad service. We're going to two star this one. So I've bred horses like every iteration of two stars, like the number two, TWO, 20200. And I'll keep hitting those same horses and then I'll sprinkle them out. And again, this is a product of when it's when they're twelve dollars, when they're fifteen, when they're twenty-five dollars. I can do that and have fun with it. I'm not gonna dump a thousand dollars and just be livid when it doesn't work out for me. And then I'm in the hole, and then I'm chasing. So, 
you know, my breeding is yes, I'm trying to breed to to make some winners, obviously, but I'm also, you know, I just enjoy it. So I'm I'm doing a lot of it just just for fun, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. You you talked about mixing BA with variants. Um, have you had any success with trying to get a high BA, high variance mix together? I didn't really have a ton of high BA horses for, for a long time. I, when they got cheap, when things started to dump, um, I picked up some, some knocks, uh, that had high BA and I, I pumped them in and I would get, you know, mediocre horses where they're going to, they're going to do well. They can win. They can be a 10% winner. They can win a paid here and there. Um, are they going to be profitable? Probably not. Unless I was just, just laser precision on where and I, when and where I race them. But we've already established that that's something that a skill set that I just don't possess. And so, um, you know, I've got a bunch of semi good horses, I think, out of it, but nothing that really is where I hit that absolute lotto. You know, I've got a couple. There's, I've got one named Red Envelope. It's a, it's a class three high variance. That was one where I'd actually reached out and said, hey, I want to. I want to breed. Here's what I want. You know, here's what I want to do. And, and I set it up and it worked out pretty well. And that, that's a nice horse. Nice horse right now as well. Um, but I mean, no, you strike out, you strike out, you strike out, you strike out. And you just kind of kind of keep 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 the yep. ship going, I suppose. And it, it's interesting, the like the way it rolls between the same parents. Um, I've had one horse that I've kind of hit with the same stud a couple of times um and it's an elite the mum and so i'd hit it with the jenny stud and i'd get these horses out most of them were ah, they're, they're kind of c2 um but when they did the re-roll and they upgraded all the essentially the first ever super breeds right yeah um, and i had an elite bump up to an exclusive um that landed in class one at 506 Thanks. Yeah. But, thanks. Um, <laughs> Parked. Well, you, did you, you ha, did you race that horse today? Uh, no. So I've actually leveled it up to about 528 now. So. Oh, okay. I actually, I did. Yeah. No, no. So I, I ran it um, a couple of times in freeze. It's at 523 now. Sorry. It's the other one that's 528. But um, I ran it a couple of times in freeze and it didn't really get close like it, I think it came like seventh and sixth and stuff. Whereas in the last week, it's actually started to be profitable in the conditional double ups, like just barely profitable. So I'm like, well, I've only, and this is where some of these conditionals really bring in exciting strategy for me because I'm like, okay, I've only got two levels. It's a narc. So I don't like it. I don't have large bands in the levels. It'll be pretty easy to, to blow that out of 525. So I want to spend that XP in paid racing. Yeah. Additional double ups as opposed to in free racing. Um, and that's just where I want to run that horse. So it, it does add that other wrinkle to the game. And I noticed a couple of people on Twitter this morning that didn't really think about that too closely by the sounds of it. Or didn't think about their level bands, and they're like, "I've ran four, and now I'm level twenty six. And I'm yeah, two, two, two thumbs pointing at this guy right here. I probably had five or six of them that I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this horse is back, baby!" First, first, and then I type it in to search the leaderboard, or I go to another race and type in the horse's oh. name, and it's not pulling. I'm like, "What's going on? Is it still stuck in a race?" No, Mike, the horse is leveled up because you're a fool and didn't even look at it. And, uh, and now you can, now it's out of the tournament and you're done. <laughs> yeah. Look, and a neat trick from Zed, right. To get everyone to start leveling up their horses and focus down on the bottom of the classes. Um, cause in the last couple of weeks I've, I, I've got a level 400 maxed out, like you were saying before, same in class three, that kind of is just doing really well in double ups at the moment. I'm not, you know, I'm not printing money at the moment, but it's profitable. Um, sure. and, for me, that's that's good enough. Um, not many of my Same. stuff's profitable, but um, so I kind of run that, and it was interesting. I had a discussion yesterday. Um, where does that horse go now? Like from a value perspective, it just it is maxed out. It's at the top of its level. It'll getting back to lifetime of horses. How long is it going to be 
profitable in double ups because once it once it falls below, you know, fifty one percent now, depending on if they bring the rake back or whatever, then that value of that horse is is gone. Like it has bred good horses, so there's value there. It's it's a mare, so I can keep maybe breeding with it. But um, in terms of racing value, be curious to find out how long these horses have got. Yeah, likewise. Same. I, 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 my, uh, red envelope, I think might've started like a three ninety seven. I think. And I quickly just was, did really well, uh, just absolutely out of the gates, just crushing it in the new meta. And it was at 400 and I, I was just like, why, what, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't get it. Like this is my max Evo on this horse. Like this horse is just, I just sit forever at 400 and I had, sent Facundo a message and I, you know, I asked, I said, Hey, what's, is this an error? Like, what is, was this a, what, what happened here? And he says, no, we just don't have, you know, where you can add Evo yet, but, and there's no promises that when that happens, yeah. but that will happen. Yeah. And my thought was like, well, yeah, at first, no, I want to keep this horse right here and let it just win money. Why would I move it out of anything? But then today I thought to myself, well, shoot, I could bump it right up into, into class two and run that lower band flash and now it's a class two horse we'll keep moving my way up i've got some incentive to go and so that that was interesting today to me i said okay i could see the future of some of those but i agree like is that horse ever going to be more valuable than it is right this second i don't know i don't i don't know you mentioned the um facundo's statement of yet right and the idea of these horses at their max evo would you like I would certainly have upgraded this horse to run it in a class two conditional? Like, because I know it's BA, I know it's got a little bit of variance, and like we can keep we can keep just pumping it up. So I'm really interested to see what else is coming out from from the team in that regard. Cause we talk a lot about incentivizing, obviously incentivizing to go if you were a, a level five hundred horse, what would you need as incentive to to push that into c1 um what what some of the things that you think that was a really good idea like put it in that uh low rank tawny what are some other ideas they think for incentives that sort of get your attention i I, early on i would just be out of my mind thinking about and telling my uh my household about how there's going to be a day where we're going to be able to throw on some glasses and we're going to be able to sit in our owner's paddock and watch our digital horses race. We can go, we can be part of this. Like that will happen. It's not imminent, but it's going to happen. Okay. And so that like long game was always just so exciting to me. So if that meant where that those only happen, these special races, those opportunities were only in the higher classes. I think that that's something like I would definitely want to keep pushing that horse up. Like I, as fun as it has been to turn a profit and to look at my chart and say, hey, I've made $500 from this horse in the last week. And this is like owning a rental property right here. And I, mm-hmm. I, I that's great. I, I would love to keep doing that. But I would also at the same time love to get that horse higher and higher and, and you know, have a little bit of, uh, you know, trophies, glory, so on and so on. So I think outside of just always money incentivizing, there needs to be something where, you know, little bit more in terms of featuring players or if a horse gets to x level they're part of this hall of fame or on and on and on i mean there's so many things that you can do with respect to just some recognition i suppose for stables for individual horses um for putting x if you're if you level a horse up you go into a monthly pool and coming back to our xp where you just it's just a it's a raffle and 10 horses get 10,000 xp and then you can put it within the stable um, so I think things like that, I'm not too concerned always about having like monetary incentive, like everything I feel like is so tied to the, a lot of it is tied to the money piece. And I get it. Like you said, a lot of people are in this as a investment where, you know, it seems like you and I are like, obviously we want to turn a profit along the way. I'm not trying to hemorrhage money into digital horses, um, but it's, it it's a lot more. What's happening. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's probably what's happened. I don't ever do like the total like, hey, here's what I've spent. Here's where I'm at in Zed. I just know that, uh, you know, the, the coffers are still fairly full and I, I haven't put any money into Zed in a long time. You know, I've been able to kind of sustain. Yeah, nice. And for me, that's enough. I mean, that's great. That's kind of the same 
I've always been, I've tried to subsidize my own fun. You know, I've had season tickets to a bunch of sports teams and I sell them so that we can go at a, at a lower price point or hopefully for free when it's all said and done. And I, and I kind of apply that same logic to, to Zed. And so if they said to me, Hey, Mike, as long as you keep doing this, we're going to give you better seats next year at, at, you know, for, for the Dodgers, then that would be great. Okay. I would be willing to, okay, I'll level it up. We'll do that. And yeah. so same with the horses. If I got some sort of extra incentive, that was like a nice perk, a bonus. Um, I think I'd be, I'd be very, all in. You make a very interesting point, right? Like incentives can be experience driven. Um, like or merch, a, I mean, you know, the merch. merch. Yeah, the yeah. Budweiser. Uh, I, my wife and I were going to go to the Budweiser deal in St. Louis, mom, and it was just in December, just too much going on to get out there. But I would have loved to go to that and get uh, a Budweiser Z hat and you know a Z t shirt. I wear my Z shirt and my Z hat all the time. My wife tells me I, I look ridiculous in my Z hat, and I don't even care because I just I just wear it because I love it. And I'm like, I can't wait for someone to say, "Hey, do you play Z?" Who are you? Oh, a Moonshot Ranch. Oh, what? I know who I've seen your horses. And then, I mean, that right there, we would both, whoever asked me that question, we would both be super excited to talk about it. So, yeah, send yeah. me some swag. I don't know. I mean, that. Yeah, I, I think of, um, you know, things like, you know, a juiced race for horses that have leveled up. Like Yeah, that absolutely. Those, the, they're the incentives you want, right? Because. Yeah, and, and anything experiential, like you say, everything that, anything that makes you feel um, special and, and gives a talking point is is fantastic for the game. I, think. Yeah. I do like I do like the idea of the juice pots. I, that would be just if we could somehow have it to where you know this today I have an actual shot at a thousand dollar first place. I mean that was the that week long tournament. Um, I have a horse and it's actually a, a three breed. Uh, it's named Red Bird, and it went. Uh, first, second, and then I don't even, I forgot what it did in the finals, but I mean that those, that first in the quarter and semi, I mean, that was worth, uh, I want to say like $400. I mean, and that, that's, that's huge for me in this game. I mean, that's, 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 that's a, that's a a windfall, you know, for a stable like mine that buys a lot of breeds that buys a lot of horses that buys a lot of equity with, uh, with my own consciousness that, okay, cool. That's Mike. Okay. You got you got a nice little, you've got an opportunity here instead of just pouring money into it, you know, talking about these $100,000 horses and I've got a bunch of $5 horses, you know, so legitimizes me a bit, I think, in my own mind and with uh, the people that hear me yapping about it all the time. Yeah. Yep. And that's where it counts, right? In your own mind. <laughs> that's so, hey, that's got to be right there, I suppose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, look, um, and again, every time I do these, I, tr- I try and keep them to an hour and, um, and we're at time already. Um, Mike, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Um, your passion for all things Zed is absolutely clearly on display and um, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed uh, talking to you. I know we said we'll go through a bunch of questions that would try and fit to some sort of schedule. We didn't because <laughs> um, was, I was just having too much fun. Yeah, um, you, you could just yap. I know. It's going to be uh, – I'll be curious to, to see how this all turns out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I might just uh, – we'll, we'll see. I might just let, it, let everyone have it in its natural form because, um, as I say, your energy and your passion for the game is, um, is something that I really enjoyed. Uh, taking a piece of today so um thank well you very i appreciate it like likewise man you get me excited it makes me feel good you know i don't know about you i mean me not being part of the community or not really being having the opportunity to interact with people and talk zed a lot of this banter is just me thinking or me telling folks that really don't know about it and don't want to listen to it i mean the first year i would just talk 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 about horses i would show people horses i would name horses after my buddies and their nicknames and i'm sure everyone just like enough about the fake horses like enough <laughs> um so it's it's super fun to sit here and talk with someone who seems to be in the trenches with me and um i love i love what you're doing man it's been an absolute Very pleasure much in the same boat hey yeah. look thanks again for your time um and as always mike i'll uh, i'll see you on the track 
I'll see you on the track, Adam. Good, good luck. Let's work out time. Maybe we, hopefully we've got something in the quarterfinals or the finals right now, uh, semis and finals in, the, uh, in that flash tourney. Yeah, that'll be nice. All right, cool, mate. I'll catch you later. Good luck, buddy. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mike from Moonshot Ranch as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you want to come on the pod, I'm really keen to talk to any and every stable owner in Z. Hit me up, Eclectic Tech, on Twitter. Until then, have a great week.